Welcome to Elevated Insights, the podcast that takes you on a journey of personal growth. Join us each week as we explore how to overcome challenges, embrace opportunities, and transform your life. I'm your host, Val Hunting, and each week I speak with Angie Tumlinson, the thought leader and CEO of Elevate You Institute. Angie Tumlinson is a master of the transformative process and brings a fresh perspective to the outdated coaching paradigm. We hope you enjoy this podcast and look forward to exploring many opportunities and ideas with you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Elevated Insights. Today, we are going to be discussing self-image, which is a great topic. I love this topic. Um, So I want to kick it over to Angie. I think one of the things that we want to talk about right off the bat is what is the difference between self-image and self-esteem? And also, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Uh, yeah, I, you know, the interesting thing is, is that you always have a self-image and you always have a self-esteem. But yeah. one of the things that I've really realized with um, understanding my self-image is my self-image is how I want to see myself, you know, like, I tend to use my self-image as where I'm headed, where I want to expand. My self-esteem is the assuredness, how I use it, how I use it, is the assuredness of where I am. So one is where I want to be and one is where I'm at. And so my self-esteem shows me in the present moment how I'm behaving. And my self-image is something that I see myself being in my future self. So it's interesting. I think when people are trying to manifest, they, they manifest where they're currently at with who they are. And there's no growth in there. And so if you wanted to manifest, manifest just means to make plain view. So if you have an idea in your mind, this is what I would love to have, then um, then you you begin to live in that in your imagination. You begin to use these higher thoughts of ourself and you practice being in that so that in the moment during the day, you are being that person. So I, you know, we just got back from being in Toronto and doing a day in the park and I visualized for weeks what that was going to look like. I visualized you in seeing it. I have visualized people being there. I visualized what I was going to wear, you know, and even though I bought clothes like the day before, cause I put it off, but I went and bought clothes and I had this identity of myself. And then when I showed up, <clears throat> I just got to practice what I was visualizing. Yeah. So I just got to be in the moment And most people visualize from their past mistakes, their past ideas of themselves, Mm -hmm. the stories that they've been told about themselves. And then in the present moment, they are being that person. Exactly. And I think, you know, we've talked a lot about transformation versus information. And I think this is the kicker for people. This is the bit that is the hardest thing to get because, it's very easy to live in your imagination without transforming and bringing it into real life. And particularly with yourself, um, you know, and I have conversations uh, with my, 
significant other. Um, and it's, a, it's about those moments. Um, I think there's real opportunity in real challenging moments yeah. where, you know, something might make you flare up and, you know, you're where you are currently. Maybe you react in a way that does is, is not in alignment with your future self. Yeah. And this is where the, the pause before action is so important because you can ask yourself that question, how would my future self, the way I want to see myself, how would they handle this situation? Yeah. And it's a really good question to ask yourself because it's an opportunity for transformation in that moment. And yeah. little by little, day by day, and I think this is the key part of manifestation is actually bringing that future. And 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 we've said before, it's not about, you know, millionaire me, uh, I'm just crystals and stones and, you know, say, sage and burning sage, you know, you, it's all down to you and your behavior. And I think this is the, this is a big, big piece. Yeah, it's a spiritual practice. Yes, it is. Yeah. And I think people don't do the spiritual practice. We're so no. caught up in so much drama and trauma going around us all the time that to, to get away from, you know, um, the TLC movie channel of ourself every day, you know, of living, of watching the train wrecks happen in our lives and in other people's lives. You've got to be able to look at that and say, yep, that exists in the world, but that doesn't do me any good right now. And so yes. I can go back to the, to the reality TLC movie of myself. If I can just yes. use that, um, <laughs> you know, not to make TLC wrong, but I'm just saying we love watching train wrecks. We want, we love watching the reality of drama. And that's why a lot of reality TV show is really good because we get to see the train wrecks of other people of them. And we can identify with that. I don't like watching those things. I like to stay in my imagination of who I am and where I want to be. And I spend all my time in that. And I understand that in my future identity of myself, guess what? There's no, there's no problems. Mm. There's no problems in my future <laughs> self. There's no uh, drama. There's no trauma in my future self. But if I spend time in my movie of my past, I'll keep reliving the drama and trauma so that when I'm in the moment, in the present moment, then what am I going to practice? Exactly. Yeah. No, and I think, I think reality TV that was interesting when it first started to show up in the world. That was one of the things that has been revealed later is that, you know, many of what was being called reality TV was just catering, you know, being sensationalized. There were lies. It, they were just catering for the drama that people were loving to watch, you know? Right. And so this idea that that's reality, um, I think it's permeated our culture in many ways, which have been very harmful, you know? Yeah. And so I never, the only thing I will say is I do love any great baking show. Love that. <laughs> the great British bake off. I love that. Or the Canadian bake off. Oh, Maybe. totally. There's totally. no drama with a 20 year old in a cardigan baking scones. There's no drama there. I know it's just <laughs> creation. I think that's why we love those kinds of things. Cause it's just creation, you know? Um, it's the same thing, you know, not that I watch this a lot, but um, I think this is why we love sports. We love sports because we 
love the idea that people work out and they work professionally towards their goal all the time. And we love seeing them win. We yeah. also love that part. We love seeing people win. At least I do. I love um, it. Yeah. I love yeah. That. And you want to cheer them on. And, you know, some people, they come and they want to work out their aggression and find fault with them because they're very hard on themselves. You see um, fans in the, st- in the stands, you know, yelling at the players and, you know, they're not out there every day working right. on it or perfecting themselves, but they sure know a lot about it. <laughs> I always find that quite hilarious where we live yeah. vicariously through people that really are striving and we're quite critical. Very critical while I have my two hot dogs and six beers and with that, you know, I mean, good on you, you know, you know, best, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, these are things um, I spend a lot of time on the bike because um, one of the the, uh, self image I have of myself is that I'm an endurance athlete. Right. And I use the word athlete because, you know, um, it helps me in those moments when, you know, I see myself finishing the 300 Ks or whatever it is I'm doing, you know, and there's a, there's moments on the bike, there's moments on the bike where I absolutely want to give up. And can I tell you, it's not my body. My body is not ready to give up. And this is what a lot of people said. Your mind will absolutely cave first. Your mind, your mind, um, you know, there's the elephant mind, which is like, wouldn't you rather just be on the couch, you know, eating ice cream? And in that moment at K, you know, 150, I'm like, yes, what the hell am I doing out here? This is insane, you know. But then the um, the idea of achieving something or seeing, uh, I love the endurance part about um, what is my what am I actually capable of? That's the question. That's why I do it. What am I capable of in this space? And I still don't know. I still think I can do further, you know. And I think um, it's always the mind. The mind is always going to trip you up. And so it's the mind that you need to engage with every day or as, as much as possible, you know. And people, again, we this stuff is hard. It's not something that people like to spend time doing, you know. You can and, fall in love with it, though. Like You can. You yes. can fall in love with it. And, um, you know, I one of my favorite authors, you know, to read um, their material is Neville Goddard. And I really love how he works with the science of the mind and how he works with your imagination and your assumptions mm-hmm. and how to, how to expand your imagination and how to realize the things that you're assuming is what you're bringing into your reality. It's kind of like, you know, right now, wherever you're at, if you, if I asked you to look around for something red in the room and you found something red, you weren't thinking of red a few moments ago, but because I stimulated the idea in you and you got involved in the idea, then all of a sudden you bring to your attention, the color red and I will even have some people when I do this exercise, you know, I do a lot of zoom, you know, groups, but I'll ask them, you know, do you see the color red? And sometimes I will have a person say, Nope, there's no red here. (laughs) I'll say, well, just look again, look and see if you can see anything that has red. And they'll, they'll say no. And I said, trust me, there's something red in the room. And then they'll finally go, Oh yeah, there is something red there. (laughs) And you'll, you'll see how people are really resistive to ideas they're really resistive 
to, um, is it possible? Is it possible? So the idea in our self image is, is it possible that you have some things in you, anything that you want or you desire is absolutely possible for you to have that. Yes. And And I think, you know, um, and again, I think it's so easy for people to blame systemic problems about, you know, I can't do this because I didn't, you know, wasn't raised with a good education or this or that. But what you also see is you see people doing just that. They have an idea there's people have been in like way worse circumstances that have just overcome incredible uh, challenges because they had an idea of themselves that it was going to be different, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it is, it is that ability to engage with that imagination and hold fast to it in the face of all the reasons why it's not going to happen for you, you know, mm-hmm. And we love to make excuses. We love to. We love for our failures not to be our fault. We love for them to be out of our control, you know. And it's and it's not to say that, of course, there will be times when you fail, right? Does that mean that you give up? Not always. Maybe sometimes the the there is a different way or a different thought. Um, and sometimes what you find is maybe I don't, I thought I wanted that, but maybe I don't, you know, and, but it's you in the driver's seat, you have to make those choices. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, um, I think if people could take away this idea, this is the most critical idea of transformation, you know, and again, when I have conversations with my significant other, you know, he has challenges Mm -hmm. at work and, you know, when he's about to get angry about something or really frustrated, you know, I've said like, you know, you have a vision of yourself in the future. How would that person act? And he know he knows he can see it, but it is so challenging to bring that into the present when you're in that uh, state of anxiety or state of frustration or whatever it may be. What are some of the things when someone is in a state of frustration that they could do? to engage with that higher idea of themselves and not besides pausing, I've mentioned pausing, but well, I think the, I think the work actually can happen in the moment, but it's, it has to happen away from the moment. (laughs) The work has to happen, not in moments of crisis or moments in that's when you get to practice the work that you're doing, but the work really happens by, being inspired. I think being inspired for the life that you want. And you, um, I use this analogy about my self-esteem, uh, or my self-image is I remember when Matt and I owned, you know, two storefront businesses and we were working about 10 to 12 hours, you know, five days a week and we'd take the weekends off and we were raising three small kids at the time. And we were making a little under $5,000 a month, which isn't a lot of money. Um, And I would be really discouraged. And I would talk to my mother about it. And my mother kept saying, well, you just got to budget better. (laughs) And so she kept talking about budgeting better. And I mean, I was just beating myself up trying to figure out how do you have a house payment and a car 
and run a business and feed everybody and get school supplies. And, you know, this is off topic, but the school that my kids went to, um, it it was a very affluent community of people that went there. But for us, we didn't, we were not the affluent type at the time. But I remember each kid had to have three pairs of shoes. They had to have an outside pair and an inside pair and a gym pair. Now imagine if you have three kids when school starts, that is nine pairs of shoes, which I really thankful for my sister because she didn't, she didn't have any children and she ended up her gift to me every year was to buy the girls a pair of shoes. And so that was always so welcomed. I was so very, very thankful for my sister and my mom. They always chipped in and helped us. But I remember my mother, you know, just telling me, well, you just got to, you just got to budget better. And then it wasn't until I met, you know, a great mentor of mine, Bob Proctor. And he said, well, why don't you increase your income? And I just, that never dawned on me to do that. That never dawned on me to grow in that area. I just kept budgeting and beating myself up and failing and failing and failing. And he said, well, why don't you increase your income? And, you know, your money, this was one of the things for me was that my money didn't come from my bank account. My money didn't come from my, my mm. job or my career. It could come through those things, but it didn't come from them. And that I could change them at any time if I wanted to. And that's really scary for people to step into a new identity. Who would I be if I wasn't those things? Mm-hmm. This is where when, when both my parents passed away and my kids were leaving to go to school or going, they're graduating from high school and leaving, you know, I, I had so much grief because my parents passed away. I walked out of our business. Yeah. And so I was sitting there for months on the couch and trying to figure out my life and having so much grief. And I just remember one day writing on a piece of paper, who am I? If I'm not a daughter, yeah. if I'm not a mother, and if I'm not a business owner, and we had stopped attending church at that time, and if I'm not a good Christian anymore, yeah, who am I? Right. Who am I? And I want to, I want to, um, cause we've, we've told this story, um, you know, in the money episode. So I think I want, I do want to come back to it though, because I think as part of the self image, firstly, if, if you, if you can share, what was the answer to that question? And then secondly, um, what were the thoughts of yourself that you were having? Cause we all know that you'd from, you know, if you've listened to money, if you haven't, you should, um, <laughs> that you, you, should. Turned your, uh, you turned your annual income into a monthly income. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure people like, what were the thoughts that you had and what was the practice that you had to do that? Because it's not just, oh, I started this other business or I did this other thing that resulted. It's it's more than that. And I, I think that would be really interesting for you to tell that. I, I remember being at an event and I was I had accomplished a small little thing. And it was a big thing at the time, but I had accomplished something. Um, and I remember walking around feeling dizzy all the time. And what was happening is before I knew it, I didn't, I didn't realize this, but I had started already a change. And I think I got inspired by an idea and I started taking action on it and it actually came to fruition. And 
I was what's called at that moment an unconscious competent. Mm-hmm. And many of us, when we're when we've hit a roadblock and we get inspired by something, we start going and doing it, and we actually succeed at it. And we don't know anything really about it, but we succeed. You see it in network marketing a lot. People yeah. sign up to be a distributor of something and they do really, really well. And then they start studying about it and they get all smarty pants and then everything goes away. And so it's <laughs> usually when you're in an excited mode, you attract things to you. And so whenever you get inspired by an idea, I think you you let go of your hold on things and you try something different this is why growth is so important and so um in that holding of things you're grinding it out and you're just hanging on for dear life and when you sort of let go then your energy changes a bit and in that moment i had realized i've done something kind of miraculous it almost felt miraculous that i had shifted and accomplished something And the best advice I ever got from that person to really help me was make a list of things that I'm grateful for about myself. And that was, I remember thinking, well, that seems dumb. What is that going to do about anything? And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm all these good things when I'm not accomplishing what I want. Why would I, why would I write a list of all the good things that I am? Do not see all the problems that I have in my life. Yeah. And I think it, it may be a bit of a difficult thing, but I bet if you sat down at first, when you first do it, you'll say, I can't write anything. Yeah. And that's what I did. I sat down and I said, there's nothing that I'm, really proud of or grateful for because I felt that I was at the bottom part of myself. But then I looked and I made it a habit every day when I wrote my, when I wrote out gratitude to thank myself about something. So even if it was, I am the mother of three children. I went through um, birth, birthing three people Mm -hmm. in the world. And that, if you think about the significance of what your body does, yeah, I know there's half the population that can do it, but I did it. Yeah. I did it. And then I thought about how many times we had moved and that was working and I would organize all of it and I would move. And I thought about, you know, I went to college yeah, and I didn't know a lot of things, but I mean, I went to college and I figured it out over, you know, four or five years And I started really being grateful for things that I had accomplished. And then I started thinking about what caused me to do that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can even go back to something as simple as, as a baby, you know, laying on your back and you want something and you turn over on your belly. You know, that idea of wanting and connecting, I want that. And you took action in that direction. And I started seeing in the littlest forms what happens when you have a law of assumption. When you assume, I want that, you'll go to great lengths to begin to understand it. And most of us, I heard this the other day, which was really powerful to me. The number one emotion we most fear. Do you know what it is? The number one most emotion we fear. I have no idea. Joy. 
Well, that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Brene Brown, I actually saw a little clip of her say it. And she said, the the emotion we fear the most is joy. Because joy has such a good feeling about it. But the other shoe, we're more afraid of the shoe dropping to take away the feeling of joy that we would rather just neutralize everything so we don't feel joy. And this is yeah. Yeah, this is what stops us from growing. And this is, yeah. you you begin to see where we're really resistive in life when we find that we can, we can think our way out of things or we can start moving in another direction. The fear, the repressive feeling of don't go there. You might you know, like it and be disappointed. So, so interesting. There's a couple of things I want to say here. Because um, I think the other thing is, to even sit down and write a list firstly about what you're grateful about yourself. We are also, it's drilled into us, you know, nobody likes a bragger. Nobody likes someone who, you know, and um, so, you know, we almost sometimes apologize for our accomplishments. Um, And I want to, I love New Zealand. It's one of my favorite places on earth. I have so many great friends there. Mm -hmm. It is a country where they readily acknowledge, you know, tall poppy syndrome, which is basically, you know, if someone said, man, I want to be prime minister of New Zealand, someone would be like, settle down, mate. Who do you think you are? You know, that is the response. And so as a result, you know, people there are like <laughs> beaten into, hum- you know, hum- this idea of humbleness. Yeah. Um, and they don't let themselves, you know, rise above, but they, but also, you know, Kiwis in, are an incredible people. They have accomplished incredible things for such a small country. You know, Edmund Hillary climbing Everest, you know, um, there's a whole nation of those, of those type of achievers in New Zealand, but they're, they don't outwardly express um, joy about it or, you know, it's almost apologetic. And I, I lived there for 15 years and I was right into that culture. And so I would constantly apologize or when someone say, you know, about my band or whatever, it was always like, well, thanks. You know, we, uh, you know, well, you know, we're just doing the best we can, like very uh, not able to take any success or, or acknowledge any success or joy around it. And so I always thought that was interesting. And there's probably a lot of, cultures or groups of people out there. I, I think the religious community as well, you know, the way that we were raised, that was very prevalent. And um, so it takes a lot to give yourself permission to acknowledge what you're grateful for mm-hmm. and to then feel joy and express joy and pride in things that you've accomplished. You know, we, we don't, we, we, we don't like to hear people brag, but this is different. It's, this is not bragging. It's not ego. Ego is a very different thing. But I think the pe- people get them all tangled up about what is ego, what is self-image, what is self-esteem. And so it's a big miry mess and they just don't touch it, you know? I think the thing is, is that it is humility for me or being humble is being open to receive. Everyone yes. wants their goal. Everyone wants their 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 identity to be fulfilled. Everyone wants that. But you can't do it in the state that you're in right now unless you're humble to receive feedback. And so... Yeah, very true. Yeah. 
But there are moments when I think it is very important to look back and be very, very proud. This is, you know, some of the things that I've been learning about walking. You know, I've been walking and walking up a hill. I feel like I need to write a book called Lessons on the Hill. But um, every day I learn something new about going up the hill. And one lesson that I learned about going up the hill is that, you know, I, I go up it and it's this long hill that has a bit of endurance that you need to do. And it's a gradual, you know, climb up it but it's longer and I can go up a shorter hill, no problem. But I start going up a, a longer hill with a little bit of distance to it. And my endurance has to kick in. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I noticed, I went with somebody that didn't have as much of an issue going up the hill. And as I stopped and I was catching my breath and I was, you know, thinking, man, what can I do to do this better? She turned around and started walking up the hill backward. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I was breathing really heavy and I saw that and I thought, you know, I was humble enough to say, well, that, that might be a good idea. I'm going to, I'm going to try yeah. that idea. And I turned around and I started walking backwards and then I looked how far I had come and my breathing changed. And that was really um, a powerful thing for me to see that my breathing had changed in that moment. And, but it was because I had a different mindset instead of, as soon as I turned around, I saw, okay, I still have to go this distance. I started breathing different. It was yeah. all in my mind. Yeah. And so I, you know, I turned back around and my breathing changed. So there was this moment of seeing how far I had come, which I was really grateful for, yeah. but then I could turn around and I could be humble enough to learn new lessons yes. about myself. And I think this is where, when you're using your self-esteem is you can look back and you can say, wow, I've really come quite far in here. And this is where you want to use gratitude of yourself to say, these are the wonderful things that I've learned about myself. So mm -hmm. in this challenge of going forward right now, I know I'm going to receive gifts. And this is where you want to be humble. It, it's interesting. Um, I think I've mentioned this before, but I, I didn't really understand what being meek was. I thought meek, I equated it to being weak. But mm -hmm. actually, um, and Jordan Peterson brought this up, you know, lately too, that you want to be fierce. Yeah. You want to be absolutely fierce, absolutely strong, absolutely athletic. You want to be that fierce person that can wield a sword, but you know that you can be humble and, and gentle and mm -hmm. tender, tender. Yeah. You can be tender. And so when you're working on your self-esteem or your self-image, you want to know I am a powerful being, but I'm humble enough to know that my next level self requires me to look at myself differently. And I'm open to receive from, from teachers, sages, whatever experiences but people who are not willing to do that, they have a huge reaction and yeah. they almost put their hands up and say, no, I refuse to listen to this because it usually is dominated by fear. Yes. Fear of disappointment that what happens if you're right? What happens if I could do this? <laughs> you don't understand my experiences. My experiences have taught me this and they're on the wrong side of it. I've been on yeah. the wrong side of it. Oh, we all, yeah. Same. We all have just even coming back from Toronto, you know, I, I was talking to my mentor, Peggy McCall. I just, I just love Peggy. And I was telling her about my goal and we were discussing it. We always talk about goals. I love it. And I was telling her, she says, okay, so what's next for you? And 
I started telling her some things and she said to me, you know, what would happen if you let that alone for a minute and you tried something different? And I was like, what? No, Peggy, you don't understand. I'm working on this, perfecting it. I'm essentially what I was saying is I'm grinding it out until I figure it out. You know, I'm going to keep going up the hill until I got to figure it out. And every day I'm going to keep grinding it out. And she said, but what would happen if you just tried something different for a little bit and learn a lesson in a different way? And so, you know, she has so much wisdom. I knew at that moment she gets this really soft tone and I was like, oh, be humble right now. Be humble, be open to receive, be willing to hear from sages, be willing to hear. And so I, I sat back and I thought about it for a moment and I just let it sink in and I got real still with myself. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I started imagining, yeah, what would happen if I could practice a part of myself that maybe I could learn something and then come back to my goal and touch lightly and, yeah. and do something totally different. And so, guess what happened? <laughs> An in- <laughs> inspiring idea came because I was open. And in the inspiration, I thought, well, I've never done that before. And so I looked at my life and guess what? I was dissatisfied. (laughs) I was inspired and I said, I've never done that. I'll I'll tell you what it is. She said she was talking about doing something different. I saw an opportunity for me to go to Ireland. And I've never been to Ireland, but I've wanted to go. And it was interesting how that showed up. And I denied, you know, I've denied myself many times. I I got stuff going on. I can't go to Ireland. And I thought, maybe this is one of those times. Mm. My daughter lived in Ireland for two years and I never went. And so this idea came that I could go to Ireland. And so when I looked at my life and I was sort of dissatisfied that I didn't ever go to it, then I started saying, "I'm, I'm making a decision. I'm going. I don't know how I'm going to go. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I've made a decision. I'm going. And all of a sudden I, I implemented a date. Yeah. Picked a date. I'm going on this date because I want to go to this event. And then I started, I started um, looking at information about it. So I went from inspiration to dissatisfaction to, um, an implementation of something. And then as I was doing the information about it, I started seeing more things that I was inspired by. And all of a sudden it grew and grew and grew to where my team's going to go over there. We're going to do uh, an event before yeah. the event. And, <laughs> you know, I'm calling everybody. And within less than less than 12 or 24 hours of her speaking that to me, I was inspired. And already it's affecting my goal already because i'm changing my identity of i am able to do what i want when i want whenever i want with whomever i want and that's freedom yes that's freedom and i think when you're in your self-image and self-esteem really what people are looking for is the freedom to choose for themselves and to get out of the mire and muck of the way they've always thought and you can feel this is the way I've always thought because we're resistive right away. Yeah. And I oh, was resistive exactly. yeah. right away. Right and that's right. why I was like, wow, could I think about this different? Would I be open to receive? Could I be humble enough that a very wise person before me said, 
what would happen if you could try it a different way? Yeah. What yeah. would happen? So my self-image began to change. Yeah, what would happen if I could? And from that, I started implementing some things, and then I started embodying some ideas about it. Mm -hmm. And let me just tell you, when you begin to take physical action, moving in that direction, then you begin to see transformation in your life. Yes. So, yes, 100%. I agree, 100%. And I think, um, yeah, because you would have been stuck grinding it out in the place you are now. And, you know, your goal, I know what your goal is monetarily. Mm. And it's a scary goal. Yeah. It's, it I have no me. idea how it's supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, you, you already have clients in Europe, you know, mm-hmm. like having this idea that um, it has to occur in a certain way in your house, doing the things you've always done. And, and it, and, and again, you know, we talked about this at day in the park, like you never know when you put an idea out there, how it's going to come to fruition. If you try to control the how of, of how it all looks and totally be in control, it's you're, you are missing opportunities because as you say, you're not open to feedback and um, will you have an experience of it? Maybe, maybe you'll get a part of it, but will you achieve the full, uh, the fullness of it? And, and, and it oftentimes when, when you're not in control or you're not trying to control it and you're just, as you say, moving in that direction. So you just make simple, actionable steps. The outcome is even larger than you could have ever imagined. That is what mm-hmm. usually happens. But I love this idea of being open to feedback as well. It was really interesting. And I don't know, this might not be appropriate to talk about, but I'm going to (laughs) talk about things that's not appropriate to talk about, but it was really, really good feedback for me because, you know, at the event, you know, Peggy spoke and I spoke and we talked about different things in our life about our self image and our self esteem and, and how we have recreated ourselves many times over. And, in that, I mean, some really great wisdom was dropped that day, you know, especially from Peggy, man, it was so good. Yeah, she was amazing. But one of the things that I really appreciated that I took away from was what are you trading your life for? And that was, man, that hit me right in the head because I can get so caught up in my goal or achieving my goal. I forget, is this what I'm trading my life for? And at that moment I was like, is this the hill I'm going to die on? Is this it? And I realized, no, this is just the journey toward it. So what could I do to expand my mind or my idea about this? But it was interesting because um, in that moment, you know, in that group, I asked, what was your biggest takeaway or what, what did you see was, you know, inspiring to you at the moment? And, you know, some people were sell- sharing some really big aha moments for them, which was really, really great. And every once in a while, you would run across someone who would say something like this. It's a really great reminder. This has been a really great reminder. Oh, my gosh. I thought I was going to. Well, I did lose my shit. Yeah. <laughs> I reacted in the moment. And I said, you know, people who say that don't have a goal big enough. Mm-hmm. Because today, of all days, is the day to say wow, that's a piece I needed. Yeah. That's a piece I needed. And that's the thing too. It's that 
I think, I think this is ego talking rather than self-image because you're saying, Oh, I know this, I've studied this and Oh, this is a great reminder. Mm -hmm." You know, it's that kind of thing, but it's a real blockage there. You know, because it's a lack of implementation in your life. And it's, it's a lack of receiving when people say, I know, and you know, um, if you think about the word, no, it could be N O or K N O W, but when people say, I know, and they're putting up their hands saying, you know, stop, I already know this. I already know it. Actually, you don't know it because if your goal was achieved, you would not be saying, I know. You would be able to say, I'm becoming aware of this more and more towards where I'm headed now. And that was the same thing with Peggy. You know, when I feel this resistiveness come in, especially when I have somebody that I admire in front of me telling me something and I go, wow, you know, why am I resistive to this? When we were talking, Peggy and I have this amazing flow back and forth of talking. Mm -hmm. You know, like Mm -hmm. you and I, we have this amazing flow going back. But whenever something is said and I start getting resistive to it and I start reacting, you know, Peggy, yeah, no. No, that's not it. <laughs> then I I am aware that wow, I'm not in flow here. I put a kink in the hose because I know she cares about me. Yeah. I know she cares about me and I know that she understands where I'm headed. And so the kink in the hose is happening. Mm. And so those moments is where you want to be able to say, Yeah, what is that about? And you gotta be in receivership. Now I'm not in receivership for just anybody. Like there's always going to be somebody on here going, yeah, but what happens if you're with somebody? No, I'm not talking about that. Listen, there is a difference between your intellect and your intelligence. Yeah. The application of where you apply it is your intelligence. You're listening to a linear thing of intellect. And so I'm saying, yes, there are people in my life that they're not getting results that are helping me go forward. And they're not somebody that I'm going to take advice from. But when I'm with somebody that I think, wow, this is amazing. I've got to be able to go, okay, can I be humble enough to listen to this? Yes. And and this is where your self-image will grow. And so when you say, I know, I know, I know, that's where you need to be able to say, wait a minute. I'm being resistive to the idea when people say, yeah, I know, I know. It's like that is saying, don't tell me anymore. I'm not in a receivership. Yes. Yes. Oh, I've done this so many times. I have. Mm. And I think learning some things about your self image is your future self with no problems, (laughs) you know, and so when you're going back to, I know you're going back to your past. I've already experienced that. And there's problems with it. And this is where oh, you want to good. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's the this energy. This is when you want to be able to say in my future self, what would happen if I used that? Yeah. And then you want to be humble enough to experience it. It's interesting. If I could just, you know, we were reading this morning in Neville Goddard's book. So I have, I have this reading group called Rise and Shine. And we were great, reading. by the way. Pardon? I said, I love Rise and Shine. Yes, it's so good. But it was talking about, uh, it said in the introduction, it's it's um, the, the chapter was about faith. And it said, a miracle is a name given 
by those who have no faith to the work of faith, that have no faith to the works of faith. And so in your self-image or your self-esteem, you know, the idea of what is it that you believe towards your goal or towards your idea, towards your advancement in life, do I believe that that's possible for me? And then through that belief is where your faith begins to grow. Your faith is a free gift. And so as you see your self-image, your self-image of yourself, to say, yeah, what would that be like if I could have that, if I could be that, if I, if I could do it, what would it look like for me? And you start putting pieces together for it. You practice living in that moment. And sometimes I fail during the day, fail miserably. Oh, and yeah. I'll go back at night and I will revise the day as if I was living in my dream. Oh, See, these th- these are all the spiritual practice parts of of the change, you know. And it's yeah. so again, you know, I my, I myself I I don't do any of that stuff as often as I should. And you know, well, you don't want to shit a great on your reminder. No, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> you don't want to shit yourself. Yeah, you want to be able to say that's a great idea. You want that's to be open idea. enough to I say. I want to be open to implement. I want to practice that. That's I want to practice that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to implement that in my life. That's where implementation and now you begin to practice it. And this is where transformation takes place is doing it's small so funny things. Because in my professional life, I'm an implementer. That's what I do really. For a and I'm like, I don't implement in my own. I mean, I do, I do, I, I do implement in, in my goal life, but it's a, I, I would love for it to be a daily practice and I'm the only one stopping it from being a daily practice, you know. You know, it's really interesting. I think when people talk about self-image and self-esteem, you know, we we talk about what are your daily methods of operation and what do you do here and what do you do? Do you write out your goal every day and blah, 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 blah and write out your story every day, which is, yes, that is true. But I, I that's talked about a lot, how to pick a goal, which to be quite honest, I find most people really don't know how to pick a goal. In my professional opinion, as I work with people and they come to me, they don't have a goal. And I'll tell them, you actually do, but the way you feel about yourself won't allow it to come forward. And that's the growth. You do know what you want. You're just afraid to speak it because you've tried and the point of going to joy, you've had disappointment. And so you'd rather just not have the experience of joy. You'd rather stay in neutralizing it. No, I can't go there. I yeah. know it already. Yeah. And this is where being open is so important. And so these layers that I'm talking about, you know, I, I kind of want to get past the information about it. And I want to get to the transformation about it. And so yeah. this is a transformative thing that you can do to understand I'm practicing my future self so I can be in the moment and hear the feedback with humility, but be proud to see how far I've come. Mm-hmm. And you can't get rid of being proud for the sake of humility, and you can't get rid of humility for the sake of being proud. Yes. You work that's together. Good. Yeah, that's really, really good. Well, and um, I think... You know, I, I've had a big goal with my cycling, <laughs> you know, 
when I first discovered randonneuring, I was like, I turned up not knowing anything about it really, other than it's just, um, you know, you cycle a lot and they have a series where, you know, to do, to be a super randonneur in a season, you have to do 200, 300, 400 and 600. And I showed up thinking, you know, my first year, that was my goal. I wanted to do that in the first season. And, you know, when I started taking action towards that, um, you know, and I, I spoke it to other people who were clearly more experienced cyclers than me. And it's that thing of where they're like, you know, they're not really saying it, but they, they're looking at you like, okay, newbie, whatever, you know? And, <laughs> and so I did in my first year, I accomplished, you know, a couple two hundreds and a 300, which is amazing, and, by which the is way. amazing, you know, yeah. and I got my medals from France, you know, and it was so exciting. And, um, so this year I thought, okay, I'm just going to add the 400. Maybe I don't do the full thing. And this year I took on a coach cause I thought I went as far as I could myself knowing nothing about it. Just, you yeah. know, Oh, I think I'll do some long cycles and hopefully it'll be okay. And, um, you know, just in the training I've gotten this summer, uh, has helped me a lot. You know, he's helped me with nutrition on the bike. You know, I don't even think about these things, you know, yeah. last year during the 300, I took a two hour break and had a fish and chips lunch with a couple of beers. And he was like, Oh my Lord, he was like, who was your coach? I'm like me. That was just me. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and I've learned so much just by engaging this one person. Um, and so, you know, I feel like it's more realistic for me to achieve that goal next year, you know, but it's that, it's that, it's that same thing. It's, it was the same loop for me. You know, I learned some things first time around, um, you know, as I was open to feedback of riders around me, like they would offer wisdom, you know, like the 400 is worse than the 600 and, you know, all these things. Um, and, and to just be, to just acknowledge, you know, how big the goal really was. But I, I have been super proud of myself. I mean, I cycled to freaking Niagara Falls and black back in one day, you know, I mean, Amazing. that's, that's crazy. And I'm super proud of what I have done, but I know more is to come. And I think in achieving this one big goal in this area for my life, more than anything, um, because I've all, because it's all about what am I actually capable of? in the other areas of my life, like, you know, the, the, my own personal podcast and mm -hmm. this and everything, I feel like I'm going through a huge period of expansion. And it's like, um, the question is how far can I go? You know, like, and I think that's, that's the exciting part. Cause I don't know. I don't know what my limitations are. I don't. Well, what's really interesting about what you're saying, there is this little video I love this little video. If you've never seen it, I, I would go see it. But it's called The Mountain of Should. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The Mountain of Should. And in the end, I don't want to give it away, but in the end, he realizes that there is no mountain. That he's capable of doing anything that he sets his mind to, and every path that he takes is the right path. <clears throat> and so, you know, the the part of you you know, opening yourself up to a coach doesn't mean that you have, you're not capable. It actually means that you're capable and you're open to receiving and it's, it won't be difficult now. 
And I think when we don't ask for help or we don't have support, then we're grinding it up the mountain. And this is where you can go there and you can go to, hey, somebody's doing this. I'm capable of probably understanding this. Not even probably, I am capable because we have this inner equipment that allows us to receive and do things once we surrender to the idea. And that is, there is no mountain that you need to climb. There really, even if I put lessons on the hill, there is no hill that I have to climb. All I'm going to do is find easier and easier ways to do it because I'm capable of doing it. That's my potential. That's right. Performance. And I, and I want to say, you know, again, and this comes back to, there's so much information out there. Like, so my method for my first year of writing was reading a lot of articles and, you know, there's tons of information out there about what you should do and how you should approach randonneuring. But it's not until I feel like you engage with another human who is living your experience with you and you continually get a feedback loop from a real person who has, it's very different than just absorbing information on it. You know, it's, and I think um, that's the other thing is I think people try to often tackle these things with all the information that's out there and they don't get that immediate feedback loop of another person being like, are you insane? Or, you know, whatever, Peggy, Peggy for you, Chris, my coach for me, you know, um, that's where the real stuff happens. You know, a YouTube video isn't going to do that for you. An article isn't going to do that for you. So yeah, yeah, absorb information, you know, but then have those people in your life. I think it's so critical that feedback part, I think has to come from a fellow human, (laughs) you know? And you know, the thing is, is an absolute gratitude. Yes. From them. And you know what? Here's another thing. I'm just going to throw this in here. You want to be so grateful, so grateful that you want to be able to thank them for their contribution in your life, which I believe one of the easiest things that you can do is from other parts in your life that you're really successful, find a way to give. And this is why I always think money is just an exchange of energy. Yes. So to be able to exchange where you are good in one part of your life and be able to give to another is so important because they gave to you. And in humility and in the gratefulness and thankfulness, you want to pay for their experiences. You want to be able to say thank you for the for what you've done. That's why I love buying books. That's why I love going to lectures. That's why I like hiring coaches. That's why even even someone like my the person who cleans my house, I'm so grateful for her that every time she comes into my house, I I get out of the way. I'm so grateful. She's so much more efficient than I am. She loves doing it. And she yeah. finds so much joy and accomplishment. And she loves coming to my house. And I'm so grateful. And so for me to be able to pay her for her expertise, or even somebody who's a massage therapist, or somebody who is, you know what most people say, well, you already have that knowledge. Why can't you just share it with me? Because you didn't do what I did to get where I need to go. And that's where you want to be in absolute gratitude and say, in my life where I am successful over here, I want to put some energy towards my gratitude over to here to support you in this idea. And we have we have it so backwards. 
this is where you got to learn to budget better. And it's like, no, you don't budget better. You go out and create more income or more idea to yourself. And this really is the science of getting rich. And we have so many people that are not grateful for the receivership, not yes. grateful. And, yes. you know, I just, it, it's a beginning of building your self-esteem and your self-image to be able to say, I'm so grateful I allowed myself to receive this from somebody and always be, for me, always be thankful for those people who show up in your life. Yeah. Always be grateful. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's a big part of your self-image for sure. So, you know, this kind of meandered in a, in a way that was good, but you know, it was a little <laughs> bit different than what I, what I thought. But you know what? That's what happens. You find lessons in, in the moment. And this yeah. was a good lesson or reinforcement for me. And so thank you, Val. You are so great in my life, and I'm oh, so grateful. I'm so grateful for you. Oh, my God. I just love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> well, I think we will leave it there. But, yes, very another excellent round of insights yeah i, I feel like i always get i always get a lot out of these sessions even for myself me too me yeah. too infinite remember. intelligence is amazing all right my friend have an okay. excellent day see you later see ya We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Elevated Insights. If you're interested in working with Angie Tumlinson, go to our website at angietumlinson.com. Here you can book a call, join her free webinar, or find out more information about the services that Angie provides. 